Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Disclosure is an unprecedented look at the depiction of transgender people and experiences throughout the history of film and television. For 100 years of footage from the Florida Enchantment back in 1914 to Pose in 1918 is woven together with personal stories of prominent media figures like Laverne Cox, revealing how Hollywood has simultaneously reflected and manufactured our deepest beliefs and anxieties about gender. Disclosure shows the consequences of depicting marginalized communities without their participation and the potential of the medium when the voices are centered. And with that, I would like to introduce to the program the uh, director of the documentary film Disclosure, and that would be Sam Fader. Sam, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, Mike. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having Thank you. me. Thank you so much for being here. What was it uh, about this particular project, Disclosure, that sort of what was the impetus? What was the sort of triggering uh, for doing this particular documentary film Disclosure? You know, by looking at the past, we can really understand the present and better plan for the future. Um, and there were two documentaries that changed my life early on, uh, The Cellulite Closet and Ethnic Notions. Cellulite Closet is about gay and lesbian representation and, and film, and Ethnic Notions is about Black representation in film. And I always wanted to see that history for trans people with that, with that depth of critique and analysis and nuance. Um, you know, and then we find ourselves in 2014, and trans visibility was increasing. Uh, and mainstream society was talking about us more than ever before. And I really wanted to give trans and non-trans people more context to understand these changes in our culture, the history and how we got to this point, all while not losing sight of the fact that visibility in itself is not the goal, that it's a means to an end. Uh, and so I knew there was more to the story than what the public was seeing and talking about, and I wanted to tell that story. It's in the film, obviously, you go, we see, maybe dozens of film film clips of uh, p- depictions of people uh, throughout history. I think we mentioned at the very beginning, um, A Florida Enchantment. And also very early in the film, we, uh, we dive right into what, what who may be the most contentious and controversial and divisive filmmaker ever, which would be D.W. Griffith and his, and his, uh, effect, impact uh, on our perception of race, of gender, of sex, and all a lot of different things. Um, was it important for you to get that part of our film history into the conversation, and, and if so, why? I mean, you can't, you can't separate the intersections of race and class and gender, you know, and early in history, early in film history, you can really see how the race and gender, especially transgressing gender norms, were such twin fascinations uh, within storytelling. Um, you know, D.W. Griffith was such a racist human being and, and that was so embedded in his storytelling and his filmmaking. And he was also really adept at making the gender, the gender transgressive character the butt of a joke. Um, in the Florida Enchantment, you see, you see this twinning even more so in how the two characters, 
you know, the Florida Enchantment is about these people who take a seed to change their sex. It's a sex change film, 1914. And when the white people change their sex, um, is such a different experience than when the black people change their sex. And of course, the black people in these films are white people in blackface. So it's just the layers of racism, transphobia are so deep in our storytelling. And yeah. that had to be told. Yeah. You know, and one of the things about Griffith and the thing that jumps out at me when I, when I think about his impact on cinema, uh, he had the, the gift of being able to, to understand the medium and understand the technical part of telling a story in ways that um, it sort of set, it, it, he's really the inventor in some ways, maybe inventor is too strong a word, but he certainly defined the language of cinema very early on. And also the impact he had because it was such a new experience for people to go to a film. So a film like Birth of a Nation, Intolerance, some of the other films. And the percentage of the population that saw his films was, I'm going to just surmise, was probably the highest in the history of motion picture cinema, right? In terms of, and therefore the cultural impact that his films had and his vision had is probably so disproportionate in terms of the, the major impact he had on all of these perceptions. And correct me if you think I'm, I'm off base here, but that's how he's always struck me as someone who, who has, because of when he came into making films, had this outsized influence on, on, on perceptions in so many different areas of our lives. You know, I, I think it's so interesting. And I think Yancey really sums it up so beautifully in the film is that, when we're talking about D.W. Griffith and the impact and influence he had on the industry, why do we leave out the racism? Right. Why do we leave it out of the conversation? Right. And that speaks volumes about our society. Yeah. I, I think Woodrow Wilson referred to Birth of a Nation as the greatest film uh, that would have an impact, you know, something so laudatory, something along the lines, the greatest film ever will ever be made or something like that. This is the president of the United States in, in the 1920s talking about a blatantly racist film and how great it was. So yes, you're absolutely, I think you're absolutely right. And it uh, speaks volumes to how, as a society, it is never, it's, we so, we so rarely are modeled how to hold complex ideas right, how to hold truths that may be in conflict with one another, right? So he was a filmmaker. He created things that no one had made before. Someone else would have done them. Like, you know, it was not rocket science. Someone else would have figured out how to make a jump cut and tell a story in a different way. Um, but for some reason, we don't know as a society how to say, yes, he did this, and he was also a bigot, racist, that this film led to the re-emergence re of the KKK. I mean, how, how can the president of the United States say this is like, just only laud a film and not see the damage as well? So, you know, Yancey says, you know, if he had been in film school and they taught this film, he would have walked out, you know? And that's right. so real. It's such right. a painful and damaging part of our history that is not, that has been whitewashed. Right. The the largest demonstration in, in in the history of the country to that point was a direct result of the KKK organizing people to go to Washington, D.C. And it was around this time that we're talking about. So the impact, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's just a tremendous impact. 
I want to talk about the the, uh, the voices that you were able to en enlist into the making of this film. It's a wonderful array of people talking about these different issues, their experiences, and, and, and through those experiences, you're able to weave into the film the media, television part of the culture that we, we have grown up with. Uh, what was your, who was the first person that you approached when you said, I'm going to make this particular film, Disclosure? Oh my God, that's such a great question. You know, the, the nexus, the beginning of this film, um, at its core, were interviews with uh, over 70 trans people who worked on one side of the camera or the other. Right. This history had never been told, there was no book, so I knew I had to create the primary document in which to base the film on. And I was, I, I know telling a history is so ethically precarious. I knew I had to bring in, right? <laughs> I had to bring in as many voices as possible to, to contribute to that history. That being said, as I talked about this film, everyone was like, oh my God, Laverne Cox has to be in this film. This is right up her alley. She, you know, she is a historian in her own right, and she is deeply passionate about this issue. You know, and for the first couple of years, I was like, yeah, that'd be nice. I, I would love to interview Laverne. Does anybody have her number? Um, and and it, it took, you know, uh, just some beautiful coincidence uh, where we crossed paths that she came on board. Um, but, you know, at the beginning, it was just about getting as many trans people involved as possible to tell us history. The film is called Disclosure, and we're speaking with the director, Sam Fader, and the film is being released on Netflix on Friday, June 19th, so check it out. Going back to the, the people that you were able to bring into the film, um, and it is, it's a impressive array of people. It's, there's a lot of, as you said, there's so many people that wanted to step forward. But what I was, what I was struck by was how impactful media was in the lives of the people who are on camera mm -hmm. and how, as you spoke of earlier, sort of a reflection back to them on their place in society. And um, we can go back to the sort of the early day, not the early, the 1970s television programming. Flip Wilson appears fairly early in the film as Geraldine and how over the course of the film, we see how other films came along, Boys Don't Cry, Paris is Burning, other films that came along that presented another perspective and point of view on, on transgender, being transgender and living a life, a full life. Um, was there anything in, in it, as the film evolved, as you were talking to the different uh, people in the film, were there other things that evolved in terms of your focus on, on how you were going to tell the story? How did this morph? How did this, if, if at all, did it change? The biggest change for me was I initially wanted to tell a story that involved more than just Hollywood. I wanted to include more independent work. I wanted to include more documentary work. Um, but then as I was doing the research, Hollywood film and TV kept coming up again and again and again. And I just, the impact of that collective memory that trans and non-trans people alike have, I realized would, would really strike a chord. And um, that the, the nostalgia of this collective memory, this nostalgia that we all can kind of, that so many of us have as a common point of interest, or at least something we can all talk about that so many people remember from disparate parts of life. Um, 
that was not planned. I didn't expect that when I started the, the research. Um, and so, and honestly, like I stopped watching mainstream film and TV a very long time ago because I found it so offensive and problematic for so many reasons. Um, so that was the, a, a, the, the first surprise to me was switching my lens to Hollywood. What, what sort of impact has this film, the reaction to the film, at for you and and in what ways you sort of described it a little bit uh in your previous answer but it in terms of where where we are as a society where people in the transgender community sort of how are there how are we moving forward the collective society and the transgender community and sort of i know I'm, this is a couple of different questions here but uh how do, how does it feel to be where you where you are right now and with this film and the reaction that it's garnered that's a big question yeah yeah I, <laughs> um, it is a lot and a lot comes to mind when you ask that question it feels it feels very good um, to have had the film be embraced you know having a world premiere at Sundance was so thrilling um, having the film be introduced by Kim Yutani as one of the highlights of her career, you know, that blew me away. Uh, having, you know, Amy Goodman come to our screening and then invite me to her show was, su was such an honor. So having the film recognized and seeing how people are relating to it and that they're receiving it, that people are, you know, Laverne and I were so intentional about giving nuance and that not only criticizing somebody we didn't want to perpetuate the violence that had already been done like we were not interested in just in demonizing anyone and i feel like that, that made the film um, easier to take in right the harm and, and let, let people take a feel the responsibility they have right to feel implicated in part of this um, there is a space to allow that implication and understand that yeah for years you might have laughed at these things uh, or you might have thought these things, and now you've walked away from this film and maybe you've changed. Uh, and that's so exciting to think of that possibility. Uh, simultaneously, this film was really made with a new world in mind. You know, the way we made the film, our production model, um, the way we paid everyone, the way we trained uh, fellows on set when we couldn't hire a trans fellow. You know, all of this was made with a new world in mind, which also deeply connects to this moment. And this social uprising that has spread to every state in this country, you know, is about a community that has been systemically oppressed by those in power and those with more privilege. And trans people, especially black and brown trans people, know this experience so intimately. You know, and disclosure underscores how patriarchy, white supremacy, settler colonialism, and capitalism have further oppressed our most marginalized. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Uh, the, this this film comes along at an in, an incredible moment in America, and um, it's it's hard to not see. Uh, I think it's a demographic change. It's a point at which people can no longer ignore the systemic issues that plagues our country. Mm. And I do think that I heard this some time ago, and I think it's true right now. And that is, revolution is impossible until it happens. Then it was inevitable. Mm, I and, love that. And that's kind of what I think we're living through right now. I think the demographics of the country have changed, and I think perceptions inevitably will change accordingly. 
and hopefully all for the better. I think we're in for a, a bit of a rocky patch, but I think inevitably we will end up on the right side of history. So it's my optimism. So, I love that. That gives me the chills. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Sam Fader, for Disclosure. The film is Disclosure, and it is premiering on Netflix on June 19th. And uh, thank you so much. Come back anytime. I would I'd love to uh, have you back, and uh, all the best moving forward for you. Thank you, Mike. It was so nice chatting with you. Look forward to more. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 